Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm thrilled to do part two with Annalise. Hello. I'm I'm supposed to say I'm Lynn Wilder and I'm Joel Grote (laughs) and we're just so into this story because if you haven't figured it out yet this is part two of Annalise Granger's story and in part one she talked about being raised in a very strong uh, Christian home Um, lost her dad at a really early age to cancer and yet God used that to not only draw her heart to himself but to draw their whole family close together. And so just has had an amazing, um, just an amazing uh, walk with God. And yet um, some years down the road, uh, as a teenager, uh, neighbors start helping her with the farm and the horses that she has, and they turned out to be LDS. And one of the uh, well-intentioned uncles is, worked very hard to get her set up with his nephew who had returned home from a mission, a Mormon mission. And so sparks started to fly. Now, the other thing we learned about Annalise is she's done a fair amount of trick riding and has even won awards at a national, and it sounds like even international level. But if you want more details on that, you're gonna have to go listen to episode one because we kind of want Annalise to pick up with how God has um, done two things. One, he's opened the door for um, all of her work with horses and rodeos to be ministry. But then also we want to hear about what happens with this relationship with this LDS nephew. Because she said, um, Satan really did use this to sidetrack her spiritually for a while. So Annalise, go ahead, jump in with either side of that story, those two threads that kind of got left dangling last time. And and this is a neighbor's nephew, not hers. Right, yes. The nephew of a nephew of next door neighbors, the farm adjacent. So all right. So we'll start back off with the um horses using ministry because it'll kind of carry into the other part. Okay. So with my trick riding and Roman riding, I go and do rodeos and the um First one that I really went and did was a childhood cancer fundraiser rodeo that someone called me up, honestly, in the middle of the night, sent me a message, and she was just searching and praying to God that she would find somebody that had the fruits of the spirit and that could show the word of God and be a living testimony at her rodeo to trick ride and perform it for all the kids. And she sent me a message and said, hey, I know this is really last minute, but I'm needing a trick rider for my childhood cancer rodeo, and it's in April. I know that's only like a couple months away, but can you do it? I can't really pay much. I can try to find you a sponsor to help you get over here, and you only can use Christian music, um, and you have to be very conservative in the clothes that you wear. 
I looked at it, I was like, this is the most craziest wow. thing. Like, this is exactly what I've always <laughs> felt God was leading me to. My dad passed with cancer. God's pulled me into the ministry. And maybe I can use what God's done in my life to help these kids. And I would just love to go perform for them. So we got it together and I talked to her and we worked it out to where I could get over there. I trick road, I Roman road. And at the end of it, they handed me the mic. Well, that's wow. where it all started. And whenever they handed me the mic, the only thing I knew to do was to say a quick prayer and let God speak through me and ask him to fill me with his Holy Spirit and allow his spirit to speak and work through me and share the love of Christ to those that were there. It started there with my ministry and horses. And from that, I've gone to the Georgia Ag Expo over in Moultrie, which is a huge, huge farming expo. And I performed over there and spoke in front of thousands of people and shared my testimony over there. I've gone to some churches and spoken. I've gone to some other trick riding and rodeo events and spoken. And God's just really used that in my life. And it's really just put a burning desire in my heart for those. Wow. That's so amazing. Okay. So you're doing this and now you're interested in the nephew next door and you begin to learn Mormonism from him and from his family. Now go there for us. All right. So <laughs> yes, um, the nephew and me started um, working together and hanging out and became really good friends. And I knew that they were lost. And so every night after we got done working, we would have a Bible study and discussion at the barn and just talk and stuff and discuss um, our beliefs and what the Bible and Book of Mormon says. And um, we did that for a long time. And then I just, I slowly started developing feelings for him whenever I didn't really realize I was developing feelings for him. And then it got to the point where it was too late for me to realize what had happened. And that veil just came over me and I just started kind of being pulled away from my um, love and my passion of trick riding and horses of like I did. I still loved it. I still used it. I still spoke at our um, camps and stuff, but I didn't. I didn't realize at that time that I had that veil over my eyes, but I still in a way sort of understood that we weren't talking about the same thing, that we didn't believe in the same thing, but also at the same time, it was going through my mind, oh, we do believe in the same thing. It's okay. You know, one day maybe he'll just completely leave the Mormon church and we won't have to worry about any of that stuff. But we believe in the same God. We believe in the same Jesus. We believe in the same gospel. But Lynn, isn't, isn't it typical though that Mormons, especially in a situation like this where there's a guy pursuing a girl, will even alter their own vocabulary. They will begin to mimic um, vocabulary and wording so they begin sounding and sounding more Christian they adapt to the person they're talking to so it's not I mean it's not hard to start thinking well maybe this person isn't as different as I thought they were is, is that a possibility 
Well, I don't know if you know, but in recent years, the Mormon church has actually put out a vocabulary thing that I, I knew a Mormon woman who had it on her refrigerator that gave all the Christian terms for things. Okay, so really? a young okay. men's leader would be a, a youth leader, right, in Christian. So here's Mormon knees, here's Christian terms, right? But the Mormon church has actually pretty much replaced all of their old Mormon terms with Christian terms in this day and age. So I would say, you know, folks at this young man's age may just talk in Christian terms, even in the Mormon church. Okay, sure. Yeah. Certainly in the past, we knew how to flip <laughs> for the Christians, but did you think any of that was going on, Annalise, that they were trying to talk your language, maybe? Uh, not at the time. Yeah. Not at the time, that is for sure. I was, I was completely fooled. I fell deeply, deeply in love with him, and I know that he did with me, too, because later on, and honestly, just this past summer in June, we... um it got into a whole disagreement and argument in my family and between his family and stuff. And I ended up choosing him over my own family that God had put us so close together and done such marvelous works in our lives. And I ended up moving out of my home and leaving my horses and leaving everything that I knew to pursue him instead of pursuing God and the path that God laid before me. And so I moved. And you moved down. in with wow. his family. I did. I moved in with. You moved his, in with his family, yeah. I moved in with his mom and dad, and he lived with his grandparents. And so we only lived probably a quarter of a mile from each other. We saw each other every single day. We worked together. Um, and about a month after I moved in with his parents, um, we got engaged and we're planning on getting married um, this December, December 29th. And I, I guess about three, three to four weeks ago, God answered my prayer. Um, I had really been starting to search and pray and seek God a lot and just asking God to open my eyes if I have been deceived, asking him to show me the truth, wake me up if I'm to be woken up, show me what I need to see to know what is of you and what is of not of you. If I have fallen after my own lust or if I have fallen for what you have put before me in the correct way. But God woke me up in the middle of the night one night after talking to his parents and asking them a bunch of questions about their faith. And when God woke me up, it was like he just broke my heart into a million little pieces and broke my entire body and just set me on fire. It was beyond anything that I could really explain of the feeling that it was of God, I'm so sorry. I did this. I'm so sorry. I went down this path. And the next day I called my mom back up because I hadn't been in good commune with my mom or any of my siblings. I had very ta barely talked to them. And anytime I did, we were in an argument trying to reason with each other, but we were just fighting because we loved each other so much that we wanted each other to see where we were coming from. But I so called you're so your mom and your siblings are probably very concerned because they, they now have probably done their own research. They know enough about the Mormon faith to know the differences. 
So they're very concerned about the path that you're on and they're yes. intent on getting you back. Yes, very much. I so. want to I want to go back to a point related to that. When you were having Bible study with them in the barn, was your Christian family aware of that? They were. They were. They did know that you were talking to them. Yes, ma'am. They knew that okay. um they knew that we were doing Bible and study and stuff and that he was at the barn and stuff working with me. Um, they did not know that we had feelings for each other. We did go behind my family's back and date behind their back. We never went anywhere. Right. But our, our dating was working alongside each other at the barn, cleaning stalls, fixing fences, bush hogging, doing whatever needed to be done around the farm. So when you moved out, it was a surprise to your family. Yes, ma'am. Very, very, very big surprise. And was this, was your moving out um, at his parents' insistence? Were they the one kind of behind that? Because um, that's that a pretty me. radical move. Okay. That was 100% me. Um, because my um, mom and me got so mad at each other and stuff. And now I completely understand why. Then I did not at all. And I was just like, why are you freaking out so much? Quit yelling at me. Um, but at the time, it was completely my decision to leave because I didn't want to listen to what any of my family had to say about the situation at all because they were completely against it. Sure. And so I stuck around for probably a week and a half, two weeks of after telling them of our relationship. And then I ended up moving out and moving in with his parents. And that was last July, last summer sometime? Yes, and it was this past um, June and July. And you were there until three weeks ago or so? Yes, ma'am. I think it'll be, it was a month this past Monday, I think. I went to their Sunday home church that they had at their house because of COVID. And I okay. went to that every single Sunday. Um, I did their um, come follow me a couple times with them at their house. Um, I asked them questions of um, different things that I would read out of the Book of Mormon or the Doctrine of Covenants, Pearl of Price and stuff, but um, they never pushed it on me. They never said, you have to learn this, you have to do that, you need to do this, because they weren't going to force us to get married in the temple or anything. They wanted it to end up happening, and they did tell me that, but they weren't going to force me into it. Okay. But you had stopped going to your Baptist church at this point? I had not. So I actually, I hadn't been going to church because of COVID and my mom was very COVID cautious. And so actually the um, first week I moved in with um, his parents, I started going back to our church. So I was, at, I was at our church um, the entire time while I was uh, living with his parents. Were you feeling a cognitive dissonance uh, back and forth, the uh, war going on, or did it all seem okay? It all seemed okay for the most part, honestly. It was, it was really weird, um, and it kind of goes to me the thing that God's trying to pull me over here and Satan's trying to pull me over here, and it's just something that we can't comprehend because of it being God. And me going to, to my church and being at their church, it was kind of, I listened to the sermons of 
my home church, but I didn't comprehend them. I didn't process them. I went back and listened to the sermons that my pastor preached after God woke me up. And it was something completely different than what I comprehended whenever I was sitting in the pew listening to them because I had that veil over my eyes. And God was directly speaking to me through my pastor, telling me to wake up then, but I just was not listening. I was not ready to listen. My heart wasn't ready to open up and break yet. Wow. And yet you went to the only source where the answers were directly to God himself. And in the middle of the night, I'll he broke up. you into a million pieces. You broke me. Then what happened? So what did you do with that? Now um, you know Mormonism is probably not true. Oh my goodness. These people. Um, right after he woke me up, um, it took me a day and I just kind of prayed about it and really read and everything I read, whether it was the Bible, God's word or the book of Mormon or any of the other books that go along with it. It was completely saying something else because before what I was reading and by the time it got to my brain, it said something completely opposite than what it meant. And whenever God woke me up, I saw what it was truly saying. I saw the truth in the word of God. And I saw the truth of what was being said in the other books that conflicted with the word of God. So saved early, already born again, Holy Ghost living in you. And yet there was a time where you kind of shut it all out. And then when you asked for truth, Exactly. God gave it to you with a vengeance. Yes, God, God definitely <laughs> gave it to me. I think one of the last verses that I read that really just made me stop and just pray and ask God to show me was, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and those things shall be added unto you, those that seek. And so I seeked God, and I asked him, and he showed me. He, Whenever I asked him to show me the truth he showed me the truth whether I really wanted to know the truth at the time and really what the truth was um, going to show me because for a long time I didn't want it to be real I didn't want what God had showed me to be real because I was so in love with the nephew that I didn't want to do what God was telling me to do I didn't want to leave I didn't want to break things off I wanted to go forth with Mary and spending the rest of my life with him but I knew that it couldn't be if I wanted to follow God's plan and his path so so yeah so what do you do then after that night where you know okay this is clear um what are your next steps So my next step was to pray and keep reading. And I was actually, it worked out wonderfully and God just knew his timing was perfect because I was leaving two days later to go to Mississippi to pick up a horse that I was buying. And that was actually the time where I started talking to Miss Lynn and um, looking for her to advice on how to go about things to give them the best opportunity to come to know Jesus because I was broken. 
I didn't know enough of why we didn't believe in the same thing of how what we believed was different and I was hungry for the truth. I was thirsty for the truth. And so how did you find Lynn? How did God bring you and Lynn together? I mean, she's in Florida, you're in Alabama. I don't think you met at like a local store or anything. Not at all. This actually goes back before I even met the um, LDS family. So- Oh, really? Um, okay. Five years ago, her son's testimonial video, Micah's video came up on my Facebook and I watched it. I was just like, oh, well, that's really cool. Someone that didn't know Jesus came to know Jesus. That's a really sweet, awesome, powerful story that they came to know God's good and loving grace. Um, the week before God woke me up, his video came back up across my feed. And then the day after God woke me up, it came back up again. Wow. And I knew right then, I'm like, all right, God, you're really telling me something. So I just, I looked him up and um, I found Miss Lynn and um, I just sent her a message on Facebook and she messaged me back. And I started talking to her and asking her questions and asked her if I could call her and talk to her. And okay. she, she welcomed me with open arms, loving Christ-like arms, and just helped me through so much to understand. And I called her on my way to Mississippi, talked to her on my way to Mississippi. I talked to her while I was in Mississippi. I talked to her <laughs> when I was on my way home from Mississippi. And um, she helped me come up with a way that I could be at peace with the way that I told them of how God woke me up and to invite them to know God's grace. And I ended up writing each of them a letter, um, telling them how I felt and what had happened and why I was doing what I was doing. And I gave them all a book called Done, and it kind of explains why we believe what we believe. And it helps sure, understand sure. grace and that it is by faith alone in Jesus and by God's amazing grace that we are saved and not by anything that we can do on this earth to bring us to know him and to bring us to know and get to heaven. It's only by God's amazing grace that we are saved. Wow. And that's a great resource. We'll link to that book done in the show notes also. So if people are interested. So Lynn, what's going through your mind when Annalise reaches out to you? Because I remember at some point you saying something to me, there's this, you know, young girl who's really serious with a Mormon guy and we should be praying for her. And so I remember praying for you, Annalise, back then when Lynn first just mentioned it to me, she didn't give me a lot of details, but she just said, just pray for me because I'm counseling this girl and, you know, she's living with his folks and not sure what's, so, wow, this is really fun for me to kind of hear the rest <laughs> of the story and see how God has worked. But Lynn, what, what was going through your mind? What are your prayers like at that point? when Annalise is reaching out to you? You know, Joel, you're in ministry, so you know this. There are times when you just know it's God, when you know God's working in someone's lives. Like, I'm sometimes 99 messages behind on Facebook, just from people who have questions and whatever. But just the fact that I answered you right away, right? I knew something's going on here, right? This girl's in crisis. Um, 
God is working here, right? And I need to step in here. Literally, she's become like a member of the family, just have come to love her. What's so unique mm -hmm. about Annalise is her love for God and her understanding of the Bible, which just pulled her right back to reality <laughs> really quickly and yet struggled struggling emotionally with how to love these people and of course the Christians afraid for her to even talk to these people they just want her away right They're right to have them in her life and yet here's this young woman wanting to witness uh, with a real heart for them and if we love anyone and want to bring them to Christ that's the kind of broken heart we have to have we have to know them that well and love them that well Right. And she yes. has tried a number of things recently, although you texted me the other night and said it finally seems to be over, right? Um, yes. The family is not interested in biblical faith. Wow. Yes. Well, we can continue praying for them because who knows how God is going to use seeds that are planted. Annalise, an amazing story. I don't feel like we've really gotten to the end of it yet. so. I would love to have you back on for another episode because I'd really like to pursue a couple of things with you. I'd like to pursue how did all this wrap up? How did the family take, you know, what, how did you graciously move? How'd you use Lynn's advice to, to do that? What responses did you get? And then I'd also love to hear what advice would you have for somebody like yourself who finds himself, maybe not even intentionally, I don't know how you unintentionally fall in love, it, but hey, these things happen in relationships, right? Um, what advice you would have for somebody in your situation to maybe put the brakes on a little sooner, to maybe avoid the heartache of a breakup or getting involved? Um, and then, you know, Lynn, I'd, I'd really like to hear kind of your take too. So I think let's let's do that on another episode. Well, and I suspect that this will play back into her ministry at some point. And I'm not sure if she has thoughts about that yet, but I'd like to hear that as well. Okay. Grace and peace to you. Thank you, Annalise. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.